Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and welcome back once again. We are going to talk about fish today obvious uh <laughs> ticket to game hands welcome everybody um a little bit's happened in the last week i guess uh first thing because uh, we were just sort of talking about it forward people uh trey dropped a new track on instagram i don't know if you can call a song that's 15 minutes a track because uh, that's more of a composition and a song um 14 minutes and 35 seconds with a very very dressed up cat as the image which i immediately thought of mike gordon when i saw that you know mike and his cats more um, more like poster nut bag poster nut bag your pet cat uh, uh so yeah let's talk about that song um dropped on instagram i was just saying that i i wish that song would have been dropped on the app so i could listen to it in the way that i normally listen to new music instead of leaving instagram open and and listening but um I've got some thoughts. I, I want to hear what you have to say. I know the I know the community is. You said they're shitting on it. I haven't I haven't heard a ton. But uh, what are the negatives about it? I'm gonna guess the lyrics. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. The lyrics a little bit too stereotypical. A little bit too three point oh Trey, Mister Positive. Come on, people, let's get it together. That's uh, essentially the announcement, which is a theme in a lot of the newer fish music. Um, yep. I love the music. The the song itself is great and the lyrics don't really start till about three minutes in and I was kind of hoping that there weren't going to be any lyrics as I was listening to it I was hoping that's the, that's the other thing that people have said they're like it sounded like it had a lot of promise till the lyrics started yeah yeah and in my although it's not a fish song it's clearly more of a tap song um especially when the horns and the background vocals and the end comes in it's almost like a choir um the song kind of remind me a little bit and I'm going to come back to it Time turns elastic. It had that same kind of right. <laughs> so, um, what what they are listeners are? You, I should, are I you should. sure you didn't read? Are you sure you didn't read the comments? You're like bang on for no. I swear I did not read the comments. I honestly kind of forgot about the song, and then this morning I was uh, just sort of you know thinking about our chat, what we're going to talk about, and I went, oh yeah, I haven't really listened to it yet. And I went back and um, I guess that's sort of a good thing. I haven't, I haven't been influenced, but um, I do want to point out quickly for our listeners that uh, uh, oftentimes I crack a joke and Dr. K laughs, but he's one of the few people that has a very silent laugh. So you can't tell. I kind of love that for somebody that's on the other end. I'm cracking a joke and it sounds like it's met with nothing. And that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. It's like the laugh track is gone. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go back into editing and start adding a laugh track, but uh, yeah, so again, I've only listened to it really a couple times through, like like the music, the lyrics I found were, from what I can remember of them, a little bit too predictable, um, yeah. kind of what I expected it to be, but at the same time, clearly it's a very um, honest piece of art, he's not, you, you know, it's clearly what's on Trey's mind, what he's thinking about, and what, he, and what he's channeling through his music, so that I respect, and I get, and I think like anything with a, with an epic Trey song, or an epic Fish song, it takes a little bit of time to digest it to really come back into it you know take that same song and put me at the first show back live and they play it maybe it becomes one of my favorites i don't know i mean we've talked about how that can happen but early impressions are good but not great 
You're I, would, I would echo that. It kind of reminds me of, uh, so yesterday I get a phone call. Uh, I get a phone call from my wife and I'm like, Hey, this is like kind of like random, like in the middle of the day. I'm like, Oh shit. I hope, I, you know, me being the, the stressed out Croatian person that I am nervous. I'm like, Oh shit. I hope everything's okay. She's like, Hey, I'm like, hi. She's like, uh, so I know another fish song that I don't like. I'm like, Oh, can I guess? Yeah. Well, okay. Can we, is it one? Five guesses, man. Five guesses. Okay. So let me just ask a clarifying question. Is it a 1.02 or a 3.0 song? 1.0. 1.0. Okay. Five guesses. A fish song that she doesn't like. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll try to direct you, like, based on your... Based like, on, like, like the hot cold kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, first one that comes to mind is it's because it's the same one as my wife, Contact. Uh, no. No. Later. 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 Okay. Yeah um i'm going to say she thought that one was silly because we're watching the clifford ball again and she's like she's like come on. anyways i'll explain in a little bit okay second I'll, guess I'll i'm going to say um julius same album okay different song down with disease nope that's an awesome song who the fuck hates that song can't be if i could if i could's on that album right yeah. dog face boy Nope. Sample in a jar? Nope. It's long since I've listened to an album. I'm trying to remember what's on what's on Hoist. Um, when I tell you, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay, what is it? Scent of a Mule. <laughs> That's a great song. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. So there's two, there's, there's two things. There's two things here. She's like, she goes, it's just so weird. I can't take it. I'm like, I totally get it. I go, I used to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I go, but I explained what made that song awesome. And what makes that song awesome is the middle section, right? Mm-hmm. When they take a hoedown song and they, then they start playing the harmonic minor scale and like they have that like really Eastern European sound and like really build up part and the boys like play it and it's awesome, right? It, yeah. You fall in love with certain sections of the song Right. And then eventually you're like, I love laser beams, right? Like, right. Deal with the You deal with the silliness. And I was taken back to like, I remember thinking the exact same thing. I also remember the show where I, where I listened to it. And I was like, oh man, this song. And in that middle section, I was like blown away. I'm like, this is awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm trying to think of my relationship with that song specifically. And I, I don't have one that's that specific, but I, it, it, it was one of the early ones when I really got back onto the um, train again and listened to it. it. It was one that I wasn't a huge fan of, but all of a sudden over listening, it just became, Oh yeah. I love when like, um, and I think for me, it really kind of came out when I was posting uh, last year on Reddit and I posted, you know, what are your top three uh, songs that Mike sings? And Scent of a Mule was a very, very popular response. And I think I kind of went back and gave that song a bit of a different shake. Um, that's so interesting. My, so my point is twofold. Number one, and what I did was after we had that conversation, I called her back mm-hmm. and I wanted to create like a positive reinforcement moment. So I just came up, I was singing the lyrics and I was being like really silly, right? And now she has a better relationship with that song, which will strengthen it. Next time it comes on, she's going to remember that conversation and be like, oh, wait, this song is awesome. Mm-hmm. And number two, the way that I think I enjoy fish is a lot of the songs, when they first come out, when you first hear them, you're like, okay, it's not bad, right? At this point in my life, you're like, ah, Trey, okay, you know, not awesome. I get that. I get that people are annoyed at the lyrics. I get the complaints. I can, I can hear all of them. Yeah. But when they play it live and you're like, man, this is awesome. 
Yeah. I'm waiting on, um, you just reminded me, I uh, felt that I used to work with as a musician. I don't think he's been playing a lot in the past year, but kind of like a Justin Plett in the sense that, you know, he's cut a couple of albums, but really just gigs at bars, plays a lot of covers, uh, big fan of Jason Mraz and a lot of acoustic rock music. He's got a great voice actually. And we had in touch base in a while. And just the other day we were chatting, texting back and forth. And he, he asked me like, what are you listening to these days? And I yeah. said, pretty much exclusively fish. And this is a guy who knows music and has been playing, like plays a ton of it. Oh, I've kind of, I think I've heard of them. Uh, what songs do they have? And, and I'm not like, buddy, I don't even know where to begin. So I said to him, if I send you a video, will you watch it beginning to end? And then we'll chat about it. I want to hear your review. So we are going to set up a Zoom at some point, I think this week. Um, and as I mentioned last week, whenever this opportunity comes up, I want to send a video because I think you need the whole. Um, mm -hmm. Any guesses on what video I would have sent them? Divided Sky Clifford Ball. 100%. 100%. And that's so I'm waiting. I'm waiting to say it's a good 20 minutes. That's an investment. It's got a lot going on in there. I sort of gave him a bit of a history of the band and, you know, just to sort of set the stage for what he's going to see. And uh, I'm really, really curious to hear what he has to say. It's going to be funny either way because I think. I think he'll love it and think it's the strangest thing at the same time, but I think he'll go back for more, you know, especially as somebody that plays the guitar. I, you know, I think, I think watching as a musician, watching fish, I think it'd be very, very different than your average music fan like me who loves music, but doesn't understand theory and complexity. You can hear it. I can hear that it's difficult to play and that it's more complex than whatever, but I think he'd look at it in a very different way because this is a guy who's taught, who's taught guitar, all that stuff. So yeah, I'm really, really, really curious to see. And we'll play that in to hear me. Um, so Santa of a Mule. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a few songs that are like that where there's a certain oh, part. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you because we're watching Clifford Ball. So yeah. they play the, so night one, second set, they play Contact, right? I think it, it goes from, um, it's a rager. I think like even Mike's song goes into Contact. I think that that's the way that it goes. If I remember correctly, you're probably going to look it up. I will, keep talking. So I went into the I went into the kitchen to get I think a drink and I came back and contact was on and I'm like in my mind I'm like I can't wait to hear what my wife has to say about this she's like what? I come back she's like what the hell is this <laughs> she's like this just killed the vibe I'm like this song is awesome but I can totally get how you'd feel that way because I remember the first time hearing it I'm like what the hell is this yeah. Yeah, I remember about a year ago, I felt like I was making a lot of traction with Megan and Fish. And then she came in one night and, and contact was on. <laughs> she, I remember her reaction was like, really? Like, really? <laughs> we had a good laugh. I'm like, oh, man. She's like, poor Adam. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, so it was um, Mike's song, Simple Contact. Simple. And okay. we yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is actually a really common thread that I'm seeing in 2010. Mike's song into simple, um, got to be got to be a chord thing, right? Or a, or a key thing? Is that what yeah. it is? Is that why they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, sometimes and, with those and rhythm, by the way, too. Oh right, pace right. rhythm. Yeah. Because sometimes you can't. Uh, I'm learning from our drummer. Sometimes you can't. Uh, you can't just play everything. Like it has to. Sometimes like the beat has to make sense, or it's going to be too dramatic a shift in what it sounds like, and it won't sound good. 
Yeah, and I think I'm. I don't have a good example on the top of my mind, but I'm thinking about when you're listening to fish, and they are transitioning, and you can see fish is is slowly transitioning beats and rhythm, and it's like, okay, where's he going? What's happening with this? Or you know, Trey will start the chords of the next song, and fish has got to try to find a way to you know transfer it over, and 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 I'm always impressed with how they do it, even if it doesn't quite click in my ear. There's a couple of little hiccups with it. I'm always amazed that they can transition and, and change the way that they do. Um, and I think about something that I heard, I think it was in a podcast somewhere about the level of practice with John Fishman that he, when he sets up his drums and he practices and he tunes every, every single drum, it, it's like a masterclass in drum practicing. He's, he's just incredible, um, what he's able to do, uh, but it makes it look easy. Like we always say, um, yeah, so that's good to know. Um, Speaking of just, I guess, the ability to do different things, I've been listening to Fall 2010. I'm slowly going through all of the 3.0 shows and making pit stops and other shows along the way. And I think it's it's been interesting for me to, I guess, I I guess organically came across the Gaiutica show and, and I texted you, which was yeah. which was uh, October 20th, 20, 2010. And I didn't know it was Gaiutica. I was in the back of my mind aware that such a thing had existed, but didn't know that this was a show I was about to listen to because I like to go in blind, as you know. And I was listening to it and there's all these random teases coming in, like a Wilson tease and David Bowie. And I'm going, what? Okay. Because up to this point in the 3.0 era, they're, they're a year and a half back into it. And it seems like this tour, and I only have a few shows left. I'm about to hit the um, Halloween run on the 29th, 30th, and 31st. So I only have three shows left in the fall tour. But it's like they're finally at a point where they're back. There's a lot of freedom happening on stage. It's become a lot more unpredictable. I found the sets in 2009 and most of 2010 are relatively predictable in terms of what type of song you're going to hear. I'm at the point where I know just based on Trey's count counting what song it's going to be before it plays. And I'm getting to a point where I know what's coming. The fall 2010 tour has just thrown in a lot of curveballs and surprises with different teases and different things going on. And Gaiuti at the Utica show was teased half a dozen times by Trey, by Paige in different songs. Uh, even in the tweezer repriser, which was mid set, not even like I was like, I was listening to it going, I can't be at the end of the show already. And looking, oh my God, I still have 10 tracks to actually go. They were singing Meat Stick during the tweezer repriser like it was just all these mashups and mixes coming and i don't know it's sort of not that i needed reinvigorating around fish but it like snapped me back to fuck this is why they're so good anything can happen they can bust it out and i wanted to talk a little bit about teases like that that was always a big thing in the dave world like a tease you know and how people react over a tease in a song as if it's like holy crap and i think it's so funny that we do that you know, because it's like it's so silly when I think about it, the way I react when those things happen. But it's also a great thing. Um, yeah, you've listened to that show at some point, I'm assuming, just probably not recently. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I think I've heard every, I'm pretty sure I've heard every note in 3.0. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, it's going to take a while. Uh, but it, yeah, I just I just love that ability and those surprises that kind of come in and out. And then when I wait a second, what's weird about te I don't understand how you like it's you're you're giving them something that excites people, right? So how can they not get excited about that? Yes, but I just think it's so funny that we get so excited at a small handful of notes that are meant for one song, popped into another song for a very brief moment of time. Like I, I just find that whole thing 
fascinating how everybody reacts to it when you know the music and you're like holy shit he just teased such and such like what does that mean does that mean they're gonna play it later in the set does that mean that song is making a comeback there's a big thing with but, the but what's the difference between like that and like you know your wife giving you like a hint on a present that you're gonna get well i guess it's the same thing i guess it's the same thing i i just think of your stereotypical hardcore fan reaction like whose mind is blown that the band has done something that's just you know goofy and fun <laughs> that's all I, I i find it a fascinating thing that we care that much and react that way to just a few notes that, that make us go oh is that where they're going ah no but it was great for those two seconds or three seconds but some of these like let's you know some of these songs haven't been played in a really long time they get teased yeah right mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember being a kid. The first time that I, the first time that I heard or read about that was when um, I don't remember what show. It was a long time ago, but the it was rumored that the Dead was going to play Dark Star. Mm. Okay. At a show, it's been like a big gap, and like Dark Star is like one of the all timers, mm-hmm. and he's the whole first set, and they busted it out in the second set, and people are like, <laughs> right, yeah. So, it's a good way to do it, right? It, it, the anticipation would just build. And I guess if you don't play it at that point, it, it would be a bit of a letdown. Otherwise, what's the point of the tease? It would just be a bit of a mind fuck at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I guess when I think about, as I'm talking to you, you know, Fish, Fish has done a lot of that with a Zepp Fest, right? And they were just teasing Zeppelin songs. They kind of were a little bit more than a tease. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it is a nice little uh, carrot dangle for the audience, a little like salacious nugget to say, hey, you know, grabbing your attention you know you, you never know what could potentially happen and i think it's you know great for the it, it just i don't know why it's taken a year and a half in a three plane for those types of things to happen as frequently as they are or maybe something going around on in that time in october where they were just like let's just goof around and have fun and whatever you know i don't know but uh it, it, it has been a bit refreshing and it sort of re-engaged me around like what does early 3.0 have to offer? Because I know they're building and the evolution of any band is going to, um, I guess, change. But so, yeah, that's been a bit exciting for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, and we'll see what has yet to come. I'm trying to remember what the Halloween show for 2010 is again, because I'm about to listen to it and I forget. Is that, isn't that the Rolling Stones? No, that was uh, 2009 when they did uh, the festival. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll look it up. But uh, either way, I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, there, was there a 2010 one? They don't do it. They didn't do it every year. They, yeah, they had a show in 2010. Um, let me look it yeah. up. Here. It is. What's that? Doesn't mean that they covered an album. There's some Halloween's where they didn't. I think. No, oh, really. So 2010, October 31st in Atlantic City. Set one opens up with Frankenstein and. Big Black Furry Creature from Mars, then Ghost Spooky is the first set. Uh, so set set two, join the band, Fat Man in the Bathtub, All That You Dream, Oh, Atlanta. Oh, little Feet, Little Feet, little right? Feet. Yeah. Spanish Moon, Dixie Chicken. Yeah, there it is. Little, Don't yeah. over that joint. Little yeah, that's a show I'm not that familiar with, so I'm excited to go back and listen to that. And then anytime you get a three-set show, that's always good. So I will be checking that out. In other news... Um, Again, not promising for the summer tour. Uh, Trey's gig with the Boston Pops on uh, a special day to you and I, June the 18th, uh, has been canceled. Um, so the summer tour is scheduled to start July 13th. 
So that's pretty ominous. It's about four weeks after that 18th date. So I think it's only a matter of time where we figure it out. But I, I think at this point, late in the year, we said it last week, 2022 is possible. Um, so far, so here's the thing. We live in Canada. Yeah. Just because their touring does not mean we're going to be allowed to cross the border. That's true. That's true. Allowed doesn't mean we can't. Just have to be willing to deal with the consequences if we get caught. I like your thinking. We'll swim across that buffalo. <laughs> Why don't we just drive all the way out west, walk across the border, because I'm not a good swimmer. And then we'll drive all the way over to Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, but, you know, it is what it is. It'll 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 make the return that much better. Um, who knows? In the meantime, waiting on a new dinner and a movie. Hopefully a new show dropping soon. Um, you have a Bozeman story that you wanted to talk about, or it's just really cute. It just struck me as something really cute. So I was listening to I was re-listening to the show, uh, just because I needed something to listen to at the gym, and it was I just hit play, and um, they played simple. They played simple, and then uh, Trey introduces a saxophone player, right? And he comes out and he starts playing the saxophone, and like I I've listened to the show because it has the Bozeman tweezer on it, right? So I've listened yeah. to the show a bunch of times throughout my life. I don't know why I never picked up on this. So this, this person's playing the saxophone and I'm like, this is going to sound like a complete dick thing, but just let me build the context around this first, right? So like, they're playing a really simple line and they keep playing it over and over again. And I'm like, and Trey's going crazy in the background. He's like, yeah, more, more. Yeah, like he's like giving her, right? Like he's really encouraging this, this player. Yeah. And it's a really short solo in the end. And then he says, and this is what makes the whole thing awesome. The saxophone player is a nine-year-old kid. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was really cute that like Trey was like, dude, like you're on stage with fish, man. You get to play in front of an audience. Yeah. Right. And Trey called, he's like, this is like John Coltrane's like reincarnation. It was just super cute, man. Yeah. Imagine that experience. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's neat. There's the odd band that I'm aware of that will bring a fan up on stage that can play. Now, I don't know what the arrangement was with this nine-year-old kid. That's a bit unique. There's a video that's floating around not too long ago. A guy at a Foo Fighters show got pulled up and Dave Grohl handed him his guitar and this guy knew how to play and knew the music and had confidence on stage and it and it lifted the crowd because it's not something that you would expect um girl that i dated a long time ago remember annette she went to um a lincoln park show uh actually i think we just hit the anniversary of chester bennington's death like a few days ago but um same kind of thing they brought up a guy that could play that knew their songs and knew what he was doing and imagine that experience right it's like kind of like winning the lottery i mean it, it probably doesn't get much better than that for somebody in that situation it's living out the dream very temporarily to be a rock star in front of a crowd like that which is you know can't even imagine um begs the question like I, something that i've asked in the past what would you what would you rather be um a famous a famous musician like a rock star who's you know been around for years and all that stuff or a famous athlete who's you know uh, accomplished something like a tom brady who's won a bunch of championships and is uh living his life now what would you rather be a famous mm-hmm. washed up athlete or a famous rock star Rockstar. yeah yeah i think if you would have asked me 20 years ago i would have preferred an athlete yeah but, uh, uh, my value like around sports and the amount of time versus like i play the guitar i'm in a band you know mm-hmm. like working to, to to play live music and to play shows in front of people so i can mm-hmm. relate to that more yeah when, when i typically ask that question more people say athletes because most musicians or uh 
actors, directors, that kind of thing, they fade out in time. They keep performing. They often lose their audience. They scale back and they don't typically produce material that's as good as the thing that really got them famous because they're still on their artist journey and they're going to play what they want to play. But their fame or things that they're known for are limited to a certain amount of time versus an athlete. They play for a certain amount of time. They retire and their performances are basically set in stone and they become folklore more than anything else you don't have to see the 70 year old michael jordan missing free throws and twisting his ankle when he goes to dunk his performances are very much frozen in time and the, problem, the problem with that is that means that you're performing for somebody else yeah. versus doing it for you Fair right enough. which is one of the reasons i love that trey keeps putting out whatever the fuck he wants to put out and lick lick it if you don't like it don't listen <laughs> like i'm not doing this for you or for my legacy i'm yeah. doing this because this is my dna this is who i am and i need to create right i need this to breathe i'm doing this because i need this to breathe because i would die if i couldn't do this and that is everything man mm. mm-hmm. you know yeah no i think you make a great point i don't know i don't know where else we go from there but you know, yeah. I think it's worth the conversation. You know, I think most of the time we're too concerned and, and, and too worried about what other people are going to think, or are they going to approve of this? Or is this good enough or not? And really, we just got to look at like what we want and what we think and what we find joyful and spend more time doing things like that. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I'm, uh, I've, got a, I've got a presentation coming up at work. Um, I'm hosting a call with some quote unquote important people. And um the topic of the call, it's, it's a development call. It's not about our day-to-day -day business. It's about leadership and philosophies and that sort of thing. And I'm hosting it. They've nominated, they've nominated me to host the, the topic self-confidence. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of reading into what breeds confidence, where do, where do, you know, what are, what are the differences between confident people and people that aren't and what, it, what does your inner critic have to do with it? And, you know, what I've, what I've been reading and learning is there is that attitude of, I don't care what you think. I know that well, I'm convicted in my reasoning. Coming back to people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. When, when people's reasoning and their guiding star for what they're doing is very obvious, that's something that breeds the, the confidence, knowing that like, I don't care what you have to think. I'm gonna put this out. I'm gonna do what I'm going to do anyway. And it's actually something that I admire about you. And we talked about this podcast and we're sort of figuring out how we're gonna do, what, what we're gonna do. And your attitude was, we're going to do what we want to do. If people don't like it, whatever. They don't have to listen. They can do whatever they want. It's not going to change your drive or your motivation. You're still going to do what you want to do because you're convicted that there's value added to it. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I do admire that despite, you know, maybe not liking the lyrics in the song or whatever. And it's always strange for me to be critical of something that I myself can't do. But, you know, that's part of the game that we're playing here. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's a fascinating um, part about Trey's personality and character is the drive. I mean, and the this, is, this, is what, this is what pisses me off, though, is the same idiots that are complaining that it sucks, mm -hmm. right? That's the same mentality that produced Ariba and You Enjoy Myself and David Bowie, right? Like, if you would have heard that shit back then, I'm sure the first person he played it to was like, this is fucking terrible. What is this noise? Well, listen, well, there's a story about, um, about Jeff Goldsworth and when uh, Trey wrote Yem. And the good, and he didn't really, he's like, what? But then Paige was like, I'll learn how to play it. Like, yeah, he put his hand up right away. And, uh, 
it, you know, didn't, he didn't like the direction of where Fish was going to go and what was going on in the band. And that's a big reason why he left. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't like the musical direction, but Trey was so convicted and too bad. This is how it's going to be. This is how I'm going to write. And, the, there's an even earlier story, I think from high school when like, when, when I, again, forgive me, I don't, I don't know this part of the history that well, but when I think, um, Tom wrote either Lizards or one of the Gamehenge songs. Mm -hmm. They were like walking around the playground telling everyone they wrote this song and performing it. And everyone was like, what the hell is this? And Trey was like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to be thinking about that at that age, the like, guy, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, so like, you know, and like with the podcast, I don't give a shit. I get to talk to my buddy once a week for an hour. Like yeah. I can't, you know? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, and that's everything that I have this week. Anything more from you? No, I'm kind of concerned, though, that we're not going to get a dinner in a movie, you know? This doesn't seem like it, right? I mean, the last one aired four weeks ago, today. Um, yeah, like, I've been checking every day for an announcement to see what's going on. I mean, Easter's coming up. I, I don't know, but it doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'm just thinking of, thinking of events they might plan around. A, has it been a year since the first one? Uh... That's a good question. I think it started in late March in, or April last year. I don't know the exact date, but it's coming up on a year. We got to be. I mean, everything's up in a year, it seems, right? That, that's, that's become really into focus lately. Um, yeah, it's been a good run, man. They don't owe us anything, you know? So if they don't give us another one, thank you. Fuck. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's fair. I mean, and there's, um, I was actually looking through the fish app the other day, but the amount of videos that are in there, there are full shows in there. The most recent dinner movie is on the app. It's still on YouTube, but there's older shows in there. There's full shows from 2015, 2014 that you can watch. And there's no shortage of content. It is nice to have something new, but yeah, if it is over, it's been good while it lasted. If there's another one coming, thank you. I know. I'm so grateful. What else do you say? So, all right, right, we'll look forward to that if anything. And then, uh, Maybe new music coming soon. Maybe this forward people is a is a first of a few songs. I mean, the last time Trey started dropping songs on Instagram was last year, right? And just things started trickling out. I mean, Sigma Oasis is nearly a year old. It came out April first last year. To, to, to say that maybe new music is 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 of course there's going to be new music as long of as he's good, he can't he can't breathe without creating music. He's yeah. going to keep writing music till he dies. But is this the start of like a wave of a bunch of new stuff coming in the next short period of time, like over the next couple of months, oh, we can yeah. start to see, you know, um, yeah, it's always on the radar, but is this something that we can expect soon? So, oh, well, I mean, they're dangling the carrot, coming back to that, I guess, in a good way, teasing us in a slow, slowly different way. And as news unfolds, we'll react and deal. And uh, yeah, we always have the past 1680 some odd shows that we can go back and listen to if worst comes to worst. 1684, I think. Let me check. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll look right now. I'm going back to listen to uh, to, uh 1997. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1629. Can you real quick? Can you think of a major world event apart from Fish Conquers America, a, a major world event or something significant that happened in 1997? Because 1997 sort of has a rap as like the year that didn't exist. There's nothing, yeah, I'll leave it with you. Rack your brain about events that happened in 1997. You won't be able to think of anything major. Some stuff happened, but it was 96 and 98 in the world. 97 is forgotten. What a great year. We could use one of those years right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Fish was quietly conquering America and people didn't know it. Nothing quiet about that, man. That's true. There was nothing quiet about that. When you go back and listen to those shows, especially from the fall, oh my. 
Yeah. Fall, something about the fall tours, they're just, they seem so much better than the summer tours. Like, it, I don't know if it's a matter of it's the end of the year, they've been playing together for so much longer and they're at their peak. If it's also that those shows, those shows are indoors. And I think with the exception of the festivals, Fish, Fish is an indoor band. The lighting, the atmosphere, that first set when it's daylight, it doesn't, it's nice. It's, there's a good atmosphere if you're there and you're out the weather and, and it's open. But in terms of the performance on stage, it doesn't have the same cachet. Cachet to yin yang, baby. Doesn't have the same cachet that, you know, a, a proper lighting show and all that stuff has. And I, I wonder if that then breeds more energy into the crowd, which then, I don't know, something about fish in, like, in an arena, I think is different than fish at a uh, amphitheater. So that's a topic for a future podcast. All right, episode 31 in the books. It is springtime. Get out and enjoy the weather. And uh, we'll be getting back at it in one week's time. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.